into the arms of Davis. And the superior team all season long was the superior team tonight. And the Kentucky coronation is complete. Champions 2012. Benny Snell needs five yards to break Sonny Collins' career rushing record. They give it to Benny. Straight ahead. Ten. Five. Touchdown. And a rushing record for Benny Snell Jr. of Kentucky. The All Out Kentucky Podcast. Welcome in to the All Out Kentucky Podcast. Your home for the Kentucky Wildcats basketball, and football program. I am your host, A.J. Bradley, and I am joined, as always, by my brother and co-host, Sam Bradley. Today, we will recap the Wildcats' third straight victory as they defeated the Florida Gators on Wednesday night. We will also preview the matchup this weekend with the Auburn Tigers and discuss the outlook the rest of the season and heading into the tournament. Let's start, though, with Kentucky's trip to Gainesville as they defeat the Gators for the second time this season by a final score of 82-74. to It was Kentucky who raced out to an early lead and then spent the rest of the game fighting off Florida's runs fueled by three-pointers and a rowdy crowd. We knew this game would be different from the onset due to the absence of Colin Castleton, a change of venue, and the Gators' desperation factor as we saw all of that play out. Florida chose to double-team Oscar Shibway this game, which they did not do last game. They rolled out 10 players to stay fresh and really tried to push the pace in this one. The Wildcats were able to handle all of that all of what Florida threw at them, and with this win, now sit with a 5-3 and three record on the road in SEC play, 10-5 and five overall in the conference, and grab their fifth quad one victory of the season. In the past few weeks, Sam, we have been hyper-focused on Kentucky's defensive performance as we know that this is what has been helping the Cats reach new heights. At first glance, one might say Kentucky struggled at times defensively against Florida on Wednesday night, but I don't necessarily think that's the case. Sure, the Gators hit some shots and had some success, but there is one thing the Wildcats refused to let happen. Kentucky only allowed the Gators to bring down two offensive rebounds and completely shut them out in second-chance points, holding them to zero. Just an incredible night rebounding defensively as a team. And when I say as a team, I mean as a team. Because Oscar Sheway only comes down with two defensive rebounds in this game. Didn't think that sentence would ever come out of my mouth. But you can thank Jacob Toppin and Chris Livingston for that by combining to grab 19 defensive rebounds and 26 total rebounds on the night. Sam, how would you assess Kentucky's performance down in Gainesville, and can you describe to us the type of impact that Chris Livingston is starting to make on this team? Because this guy is an absolute monster who just makes winning plays. Yeah, no, I mean, his 
surgence the last couple of weeks of play, AJ, is the direct correlation as to the Kentucky Wildcats' recent success. I mean, he has really come into his own, and he's starting to co- to play with even more confidence than ever before, AJ. He knows his role, and he's confident in that role now. And he's going out there, AJ, and he's just making winning basketball plays. And it's elevating us to an entirely new level of play. I mean, the best thing about it, AJ, is he doesn't have to have plays drawn up for him. He doesn't have to feel like he's got to go out and get his own. He can impact the play in so many different facets. I mean, he even admitted in his post-game interview, AJ, that he wasn't exactly lighting it up offensively. But he knew if he stayed locked in defensively, he was going to be able to impact this game to where he had to be on the court. And boy, was he ever, AJ. I mean, he finished with 39 minutes. I mean, he didn't come off the court, AJ, because John Calipari could not take him off the court. I mean, he finishes the game with what? Let's see, uh, 15 boards, if I am not mistaken, right, AJ? Yep. I mean, the guy comes down with 15 boards, AJ. He was our energy, our effort, and time and again, it was like, okay, Florida goes on a run. He was there to answer for us. And he has been that for the last couple of games. And it's incredible that we get to rely on that reliability in Chris Livingston now when if we're struggling to get a basket, he's getting us it in a dirty way. He's going down, he's grabbing an offensive board and getting a putback and getting that and one foul, AJ. I mean, that was that was the icing and the cherry on top of this victory over Florida down in Gainesville because, you know, you got to hand it to Florida. They didn't go away. You know, they made that run towards the end of the first half, and you knew that they were going to keep coming. I mean, it's a good team in the Florida Gators that's desperate for wins at this point in the season. They're well on the outside looking in, and they have the Kentucky Wildcats at home on the ropes heading into the halftime. And you knew it was going to take a full team effort. You already highlighted it, but to tell me going into this game, AJ, that Oscar Sheway comes down with four boards, I don't know if I'm telling you confidently that we're coming away with a victory. If And if I did, I would have had to tell you this is a team effort type of rebounding night. And we previewed that, AJ. Mm-hmm. We did prior to this game. And that's exactly what we got. I mean, we got 29 points and 26 boards out of Jacob Toppin and Chris Livingston combined, AJ. That, to me, is the difference maker in the game. I mean, Jacob Toppin, we got to talk about him here for a second as well, AJ. He has scored in double digits in now 11 straight games. I mean, his consistency... Quite the role he's got going. Quite the role, AJ. And, I mean, I'm impressed. And what really steps out to me is his confidence as well because... He started the year, AJ, from three-point land, three for 22. Since SEC play, he is now 10 of 19 from deep, AJ. He's got a nice stroke from out there, doesn't he? He does, and we saw it in the Bahamas. And, you know, you're sitting here well, well into the season. And I'm talking a few weeks back. And you're sitting here and you're wondering, where was that version of Jacob Toppin? Because if he chooses to arrive at any point in the season... He really elevates the the overall potency of this offense in the Kentucky Wildcats, 
And that is definitely a direct correlation why the Kentucky Wildcats have the 14th most efficient offense in the Kentucky or in the country, according to Kim Palm AJ. It really is because you've got guys now like Chris Livingston that can just go out and grind you out of basket. He he can get himself to the rim. He can get fouled, or he can fin- finish under duress. You've got Jacob Toppin who can face you up with his size. And he, he's proven one of the most consistent mid-range jump shots in college basketball. Now his ability to spread you even further, take you out to that three-point line, and if you're not going to respect me, I'm going to knock it down. It's, it's really a reason why we have not been talking about our offense nearly as much lately, AJ, because it feels as though my confidence level has been sky high. And... We've been trying to focus in defensively, and I got to be honest. Were there some lapses against the Florida Gators? Absolutely. It felt as though at times we just weren't trying to get over those screens to fight through to eliminate the perimeter shooting, which most likely was the game plan going in. I mean, we talked about it. Know your scouting report. If they want to hawk them up from three, we have to win the paint battle. We've been talking about it for a couple of couple of games now, AJ, and we do. I mean, when we look at points in the paint, we actually won the points in the paint battle, and we've talked about that's not a position we usually think Kentucky Wildcats are going to be in. We score 46 points in the paint to Florida's 32, AJ. I mean, dominating presence down low, and when you look at it, you know, initially I'm like, okay, that that's a lot of it's got to come from Oscar Sheway. He finishes with 25 points, AJ, but it really wasn't. Oscar had the ability to stretch you out. That first jump shot, smooth as butter, and you knew he was on that night. I mean, AJ, I've got to mention this to our listeners. Oscar Shibway finished 12 for 13 from field, 92% on the night, 25 points. His 92% field goal percentage, AJ, is the highest by a Kentucky player with a 25-point game in the last 25 years. <clears throat> when you think about who has played and put on a Kentucky Wildcats jersey, that's remarkable. That's some elite company he's sitting in right there. I- I'm telling you, if he continues to be able to knock down that mid-range jump shot and we continue to get him the ball like we've been talking about in more opportune positions on the basketball court, it really complicates teams' defenses as far as how they want to play us because you're stretching out the five to where Oscar has to catch the ball in you know the mid-range and it's just creating more and more lanes for Jacob for Kaysen for Livingston to be cutters and go straight towards the basket and I mean again Antonio Reeves I've got to say it AJ he, he steps out there and he knocks down that first shot and I know he doesn't finish with Drastic numbers, but 16 points seems so consistent for him now that it's almost like he's going to knock down a couple of threes. He's going to be able to get a couple of baskets for us, and I'm really proud of the way he's elevated his play lately. Another guy the Kentucky Wildcats have not had to worry about offensively. I mean, realistically. When we look back at this game, AJ, I, I think you take a lot of good and you pull it over through the last three games this season. However... My one gripe would be defensively. We just have a bad tendency of 
not locking in for stretches at time. That's my only issue right now. You, you know that Florida, anyone you're playing, is going to have their runs. That's natural. That's basketball. But sometimes our inability to find a stop when we need it, that's what's cost us games at this point in the season, AJ. It's gotten better. It really has. We're climbing back up in our efficiency numbers. But that's effort. That That's all effort. And we saw it against Tennessee, that first half. I mean, one of the best defensive performances I've seen this year. But you got to keep fighting through that and making sure that that's your effort and consistency for 40 minutes of play. Luckily, Kentucky finds a way to get a statement win on the road against a quad one opponent. And boy, I mean, who would have thought we'd be in the position we are today? What, two weeks back, AJ? Yep. We flipped the script completely. So I got to ask you, when you assess the Kentucky Wildcats play against the Florida Gators, I mean, an eight-point victory on the road in the SEC is no easy feat. Where do you put this on the Kentucky Wildcats' resume, and how critical is this heading down the stretch of SEC play? Yeah, Sam, I mean, you know, we think about this game, and obviously it's a quad one victory for the Wildcats, and we know how difficult it can be to go on the road and win in this league. And all around the country, it's tough to go on the road, especially in conference play. Um, so you've got to put that that win up there as far as, um, you know, rankings or whatever you want to call it. But, you know, let's not get it twisted. This is a team that was without their best player, um, a team that has struggled down the stretch and, like you said, is on the outside looking in for the NCAA tournament. But that shouldn't take away from the good things that we did in this game. And, Sam, you, you go back a couple of weeks, and we had a similar game against a team that's not as highly rated in the Georgia Bulldogs, and we can't find a way to win that basketball game. And so mm-hmm. you just see the difference a couple of weeks make. And so yeah. you can write this game off as, oh, well, Florida's no good, and they're without their best player and all this sorts of things. But at the end of the day, going on the road in the conference is not an easy thing to do. By any means. And so to win that game is going to go a long way in this Kentucky Wildcats season. And I brought it up in my intro. The Kentucky Wildcats are now 5-3 and three on the road in conference play in one of the most elite conferences in the country. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd make the argument that we're sitting at the second-best conference in, in college basketball, AJ. I mean, the argument is definitely there to be had. Yeah, absolutely. And so being able to go on the road and get victories, you can't take that for granted because it's not something that's going to happen all the time, even in seasons when you have a legitimate, no-doubt, top-five team like the years we have. It's still tough to go on the road and win in front of some of these environments so mm-hmm. you have to put this game up there yeah. in the in the top quadrant of of wins that right. the Kentucky Wildcats have had this season Sam and and when you look at this game you know I'll keep it somewhat short and sweet for you guys again okay so this game to me and we had talked about this on our preview Sam but to me this whole game was about the mentality that Kentucky took to Gainesville mm-hmm. to play with. Mm-hmm. We knew what the crowd was going to be like, right? We, we knew the hostility 
that sits inside that building for the Kentucky Wildcats, okay? And so, listen, we knew that Florida was going to empty the tank in this game, right? Right. And when you're on the road, you may know that going in, but to to get that effort for 40 minutes to withstand those those runs that they go on, right. the crowd getting all electric, to be able to do that tells you a lot about who this Kentucky basketball team is. And guys, I mean, when I say they tried to empty the tank, I meant they really tried to empty the tank in this game. They tried to run us out of their gym. They tried to kill us with the three-pointer. They tried to get us to fall in love with the mid-range game. They tried to double and triple team Oscar Chibwe. And their fans even tried to choke out (laughs) Cason Wallace in this game. And guess what? None of it worked. It didn't work, Sam. You're exactly right. As I said in my intro, let's just put this into perspective real quick. I don't think people understand the rebounding performance the Kentucky Wildcats put on display. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, they only allowed two offensive rebounds that entire game. Zero second chance points. That's a hard accomplishment. What the Wildcats did against Florida was an absolute clinic when it comes to rebounding, Sam. And without that rebounding, we don't win this game. And we've talked about it, Sam. What does rebounding come down to? It's effort. It's all effort. So that just shows you right there, okay? This is who the Kentucky Wildcats are. We may not be the most skilled team. We may not be the best defensive team. We may not be the best offensive team. You can argue maybe our coach isn't so great if you, uh, you know, are so inclined to think that about him, which is completely wrong. Mm -hmm. But with all these things, Sam... We are still finding a way to win games down the stretch. And John Calipari alluded to this before the season started. And I don't think anybody in the country, let alone Big Lou Nation, wanted to hear about it. Oh, you're going to struggle early. Yeah, shut up, John. Okay, you're just putting in an already made excuse for your team, right? Right. Wrong. He understood his basketball team from the beginning. We got a few young guys. Our national player of the year is going through a knee surgery and needs some time to get back to who he is, right? Right. We've got to incorporate all of these new pieces. I have a new coaching staff in place in certain parts. We added a new piece to our coaching staff midway through the season in Tyler Tyler Ewis. Mm -hmm. We've had the injuries this year. We've had guys miss substantial parts of our season, and yet somehow we are still sitting here locked in to the NCAA tournament. Are we one of the highest seeds? No. Are we one of the lowest seeds? No. But every single year that John Calipari has gotten his team into the tournament, they have been dangerous, and that's exactly what they are again this year. Sam, when we look back at this Florida game, I mean, let's talk about some of the guys on the team. Cason Wallace, he made winning plays all night, and you have to give him credit for what he has been doing on a nightly blaze, nightly basis, playing damn near every, every second of every game 
since Severe Wheeler and C.J. Frederick went out. So we could complain about, okay, yeah, he had six turnovers in the game. Okay. But the previous two games, he had three turnovers combined. Combined. And so when you're playing that amount of minutes in conference against good teams, at some point you're going to turn the ball over. Does he hang his head? No. Does he let it affect his game? No. Does he stop being the leader of our basketball team when that stuff happens? No. So I think we really need to point out the level of play and confidence and leadership that we are getting from Cason Wallace. He's also learning how to become a true point guard, something he has not been. And you've seen this transpire in the course of a a three, four weeks. A couple of weeks. Where he has gone from a combo guard who doesn't bring the ball up or play point guard to being an exclusive point guard for this Kentucky Wildcats basketball team. And it just shows you his IQ and and the way he plays this game and how he can adapt his game and continue to get better. Yep. Sam, you brought him up, Oscar Shibway. (laughs) What a force in this game. What a force. He, He started with the jump shots. This is something we've been talking about the last few games. They are finding him in that high post area instead of the low block. And what it's doing is allowing guys like Chris Livingston and Jacob Toppin to cut to the basket for passes. When they double-team Oscar Shibwe, he's finding shooters and guys who can make plays. And then when you don't double-team him, he can knock down that jump shot. Once he starts knocking down the jump shot, the guys start to play him a little bit tougher. He gives him a little shot fake, ball fake jab step and and he's on his way to the basket so Oscar Shibwe really starting to develop his game in a wider variety and causing teams to have to defend him differently because we saw it at the beginning of the year Sam we're throwing the ball down in the post teams are throwing three four guys at him and even when he tries to make the pass out of that He's in it's not the trees. Good, it's not going to be a good pass either AJ not in those situations no exactly and so Oscar just the, the jump shot looks so pure the other night. Obviously, he's been working on it, Sam. You talked about our guy, Chris Livingston, but Sam, he just always seems to be in the right place at the right time. Yes, sir. And you can't say that for everybody around college basketball right now. Some <laughs> you guys definitely can. Some guys find themselves at the wrong place at the <laughs> wrong time, but I digress. Chris Livingston is is making plays when it matters most. The impact that he's having on this basketball team, it's night and day from mm-hmm. the beginning of the season, and you can just see the confidence level rising in his game. You said it. Didn't shoot the ball well? Oh, I'll go out and get you 15 rebounds. Can't score on offense? I'll go get you an and one put back layup to get the things going. I mean, there are no more timely baskets in place than what this guy is giving us on a night in and night out basis 100%. right now. Antonio Reeves continues to do his thing. And the one thing I will say about him, Sam, starting to compete at a much higher level on the defensive, defensive. side of the ball, you're not seeing those giant lapses where he forgets he's playing defense and the easy back cuts. It was happening over and over at one point in the season. It may happen once in a while now, but if it happens, it's not happening again. And so he is definitely cleaning up that area of his game, becoming a much more reliable player overall for Kentucky, which is helping them have much more success. And then Jacob Topp and Sam. I don't know if you remember, but we'll go back to the beginning of the season and even the first, let's call it, quarter to half of the season – 
the one thing we kept saying about him is, well, you know what? Sometimes he, he has a tendency to disappear at times. Yeah. This guy hasn't disappeared from a game in two months. Two months, AJ. Yeah. Every game, he is actively a part of what's going on. And his aggressiveness on the offensive side of the ball, Sam, has completely changed his game. Mm -hmm. He can knock down the three now. He can take you off the dribble. He can hit you in the mid-range. He can get to the basket. He can rebound on both ends of the floor. He is becoming that missing piece of the team that we thought he could always be to really put us in a position to become that that team that we thought that we could be at the beginning of the season. And we knew that Jacob Toppin had to be the guy who would step up and become one of the centerpieces of our team. And he is doing that. The last thing I'll say about this game, Sam, and I kind of want to get your thoughts on this, but mm-hmm. in my mind, if this game was played earlier in the season, let's call it anywhere from around mid-January to the start of the season, anything in that time frame, Mm -hmm. we lose this game. Yeah, I would agree. We don't find a way to win this game. We don't make enough plays. Yeah. But we did. Mm -hmm. And I think right there in lies who we are as a basketball team. We found our identity. We may not be the number one defense in the country, but we're going to fight. Mm-hmm. And we're going to fight you on the boards. And you are not going to take advantage of us there. On offense, we may not be the most efficient. We may not hit the most threes. But guess what? We're getting there. You are going to have to fight us all night long. And we are starting to impose our physicality and toughness on teams. And it's almost too much for them to handle. We have the size, the length the physicality, and the toughness to go along with the skill and the coaching now. Mm-hmm. And you're starting to see it all come together. And I think that just was a testament to who this team has become yeah. throughout the course of the season. I mean, do you think we win that game earlier in the season? I, no, I, I truly don't because I, I, you know, I go back a, a month or, you know, probably two months, AJ, to be honest. But we play this game on the road. Even in the scenario, AJ, that we're up 20 in that first half and then we let the, the lead diminish and we go into half, AJ, down one. I think a couple months ago, we don't come out of the, the halftime respond because we didn't show that mental toughness earlier in this season. And it's contagious. I mean, it really is. When we talk about confidence in each of these players and their development over the last couple of weeks and months, AJ, it's led into the confidence that our team is now playing with, and who we are. John Calipari said it after uh, our, our previous win, AJ, against Tennessee. He said, that that's who we are. He, he literally walked into the locker room, Tubby Smith was there, and he said, hey, that is who we are. Everyone's bought in. We're tough. We fight. We make it living hell for our opponents. And that's what they did, AJ. I mean, a couple of months ago, you're down one on the road after having that massive lead. I just don't think we respond. We've showed our mental toughness, our strength, and our confidence in what we need to do to obtain wins like this, AJ. I mean, Florida led for a whopping one minute and 30 seconds. And I'm telling you right now confidently, that's probably a game we still somehow find a way to lose two months ago. Not anymore. 
not this Kentucky Wildcats team. Absolutely not. I love this team now. Absolutely, Sam. Starting to find their groove, and you know what? It doesn't get any easier as the season goes along, and you know you're going to be in for some physical, tough matches as the season goes on. And get ready, folks, because Saturday we should be in for a good one. It's college basketball the way it was intended to be when the Kentucky Wildcats welcome the Auburn Tigers to Lexington in a game broadcast by CBS. The Tigers enter this game coming off a win at home over Ole Miss, but have struggled in the month of February with a record of 3-4 and four and have actually lost six of their previous nine games overall. Auburn's final three games of the SEC regular season are at Kentucky, at Alabama, and home versus Tennessee. So we'll preface our preview by saying the Auburn Tigers will be in desperation mode on Saturday and will be looking for a much-needed victory to bolster their tournament resume. This will be the first meeting between these two teams, so let's get to know the team coached by the famous Bruce Pearl. A team normally known for their defense is added again as Auburn enters the game top 15 in the country in defensive efficiency. They hold opponents to the fifth worst field goal percentage in the nation and block shots at the sixth highest percentage as well. They are able to get stops defensively due to their ability to guard the ball and good team size, which causes teams trouble. The area they do lack on defense, though, is rebounding, as the Tigers rank outside the top 300 in defensive rebounding. When we look at Auburn offensively, normally they are a team that thrives from the three-point line, but this team does not have that shooting as they, again, rank outside the top 300 in three-point percentage. Their two-point percentage, though, is much better as they rely on getting the ball inside to their big man, Joni Broom, who can create a lot of problems and they can capitalize on their second chance points as they grab an offensive rebound on 34.3% of their misses, which ranks 23rd in the country. The Auburn Tigers will need their starters to play well because when you look at their bench, there is not a guy who averages more than five points per game, even though 35.8% of their team's minutes go to non-starters, which is way above the national average. Sam, can you break down this Auburn roster and then outline the keys to victory in this one and where the Wildcats can exploit the Auburn Tigers? Yeah, I thought you brought us in nicely to this matchup against the Auburn Tigers, AJ, who... I mean, you said it. They are going to be desperate for a much-needed SEC road victory against Kentucky. Because, I mean, down the stretch, they've got the three best teams in the conference, arguably. Obviously, Texas A&M has to be up there. But you've got Kentucky on the road, Alabama on the road, and Tennessee at home. All three of those are must-wins for Auburn. For a team that's skidding in the wrong direction, towards the end of the year, AJ. They currently sit still in top inside the top 25. They're number 22 in Ken Palm overall in the nation. 
But realistically, it's been their defense that saved them so far, AJ. It really has. They play with a lot of energy. Their guard play defensively is elite. They really get up in you, much like Tennessee does. They try to disrupt your flow of your offense and really limit you to have the potential of getting into your sets early and often. They've got some familiar faces that we might recognize from last year's team and Wendell Green Jr., KD Johnson, AJ. They've got experience at the guard position. It's not translated to offensive potency, that's for sure, as I think they only have two guys in their starting rotation, AJ, that shoot over 30% from field, like you said, outside the top 300 in the country for three-point percentage. And one of them's a forward, AJ. So they do have a guy that can, Jalen Williams, who can really stretch you out to the perimeter, which it's it's so needed. It's exactly what Jacob Toppin is doing for us, AJ. That ability to stretch you out defensively creates room and space for the rest of your guards and your other forwards. But realistically, AJ, I I hate to be a broken record, but I got to do it. This matchup comes down to the one glaring discrepancy between these two teams that you've already highlighted. That's rebounding, AJ. I mean, this team just does not rebound the basketball well. So go out there and show that. Show that we are the best rebounding team in the country for a reason, because we are. That's that's the biggest discrepancy between these two teams, AJ. You can look at it at a million different angles, but that's what steps out to me. You got to go out there and you got to fight like hell to grab every single rebound. Because this is a team, despite their rebounding struggles, the only bright spot that they have is they grab some offensive boards. They do. So you limit those second chance opportunities. I'm telling you, I will be confident in our ability to keep this game close. I'm not saying that we're going to beat a top 25 team easily. I'm saying that is the first key to a recipe that is boasting a Kentucky Wildcats win. I will say, they are a veteran team that has a lot of experience, AJ, and they are not going to shy away from the moment or the bright lights. Despite losing six of their last nine, this team does not seem phased by their recent sluggish performances. They don't care. They are going to come out swinging, and much like Florida, You better expect that they are throwing everything, including the kitchen sink, at the Kentucky Wildcats in a desperation heave to grab a must-needed road victory, AJ, against a rising Kentucky Wildcats team that's just outside the top 25. They are going to package a million different things defensively. They will probably throw in some full-court pressure. They are going to try to beat you from the perimeter, which is something that They usually do not see success, AJ. They've got a couple of guys that come off the bench and guard play that are lethal three-point shooters. However, they struggle to get going, AJ, so don't let them get going. Do not let them get going. It's really going to come down to kind of what we've been talking about, but know your scouting report. You do not have to try to fight over every single screen, AJ. That's what they want you to do. So play into what boast well they're not going to be able to shoot the three make them earn it don't give it to them that's for sure but i really like the the approach that we've taken it the last couple of games pack that paint really force them from the exterior 
to the interior. Don't give them those paint touches. That's exactly what they want. But it's a team that realistically in their guard play, AJ, I'm not a huge fan of KD Johnson. However, he's ferocious. And he will get to the basket, and he will not quit until he does. So this is another opportunity for the Kentucky Wildcats to communicate defensively, make sure that they are clogging those lanes, and use your athleticism and your size to make that difficult for the Auburn Tigers, AJ. But for me, it really is those two simple things, defense and rebounding, and you're going to find yourself in a favorable position against a top 25 team, basically. Realistically, I know they've slid just outside the top 25, but Ken Palm efficiency numbers are still right there, AJ. So not quite another quad one opportunity since we find ourselves at home, but a massive opportunity, AJ, for the Kentucky Wildcats to continue this recent success, build off the momentum, and realistically, in the eyes of the selection committee, get a very needed win to continue to solidify our resume here in a couple of weeks, AJ. But for you, is it as simple as those two things that we keep harping on game in and game out the last couple of weeks? Or do you see other elements that the Kentucky Wildcats really need to prepare for? Great question, because I think that, yes, you are 100% correct Everything that we do from this point forward has to be built on defense and rebounding. Listen, guys, you can complain all you want till you're blue in the face about Kentucky's offense. I don't want to hear it. At the end of the day, regardless of whatever struggles, quote-unquote, you think we've had on offense this year, we are still an elite offensive team and one of the most efficient offensive teams in the entire country. The 14th most efficient offense, A.J., in the country. Have been all season. And, and A.J., ever since that South Carolina loss, when you look at the efficiency numbers, we are actually the fourth most efficient offense in college basketball. We really have flipped that script since that loss. So, Sam, the defense and rebounding, it has to be there to match that level You've seen it over the past couple games. When we take that part of our game to new heights, our team starts to soar to new heights. That's who we thought we could be before the season. That's who we're being right now. You go away from that. I've probably said it five to ten times on on this podcast during the basketball season. You don't show up to play in this league. You will get beat. I don't care who you're playing. Same goes for this game. You don't compete. You don't show up. You're getting beat. And so everything that we've built through our defense and rebounding, that foundation there that we've built, needs to continue on. There are a few other areas that I would like to mention about this game, but it is 100% Sam built on that defense and rebounding. And my first key to victory in this one is dominating the glass. I mean, I pointed it out. You talked about it. There is no reason the Auburn Tigers should out-rebound the Kentucky Wildcats in this game. Sure. Are they good at getting offensive rebounds? Yes, they are. But Sam, Being outside the top 300 in defensive rebounding is an issue for the Auburn Tigers. And Kentucky, I don't know if you've checked lately, but they are the premier offensive rebounding team 
in the country. Mm-hmm. You need to take advantage of that, okay? You need to destroy them. They are also a borderline top 25 team in offensive rebounding in the country. So cleaning up those misses is going to be key in this game. Listen, folks, they're going to miss shots. I guarantee you they're going to miss a lot of shots. You have to clean up the rebounds. Have to clean up the rebounds. There is no way around it in this game. The other, one of the other things I'm looking at in this game, Sam, is our ability to defend Auburn's big man, Joni Broom. Mm-hmm. Listen, this is a guy who averages right around 14 points a game, 6'10, very skilled, low post position player, and he can cause a lot of issues. He is physical. He has some really good moves around the basket, some really nice touch, and Auburn loves to play through him. Listen, we talked about their shooting struggles at times, Sam. Most of the time, they're just shooting shots because they know that guy is standing down there by the basket waiting for the rebound, and they're okay with missing because they know they can clean it up. They'll also work the ball down in low to him, and if you want to send a lot of guys at him, double, triple team him, mm-hmm. he's a willing passer as well. And yep. so that is going to create a little bit of a predicament for the Kentucky Wildcats in this game. Listen, I love Oscar Sheepway. I, I, I love the guy to death, everything about him. He has struggled with length at times this year. Mm-hmm. And so you know the Auburn Tigers will look to exploit that and try to throw the ball down low and have Broom go to work and start from the inside out to open up their game. Yeah, It is imperative. I think you have the opportunity to double team in this game because of the lack, the lack of, shooting. of shooting from the Auburn Tigers. But good point. what I will say, Sam, there's two guys on Auburn who shoot the ball at a, we'll say, a clip that is respectable mm-hmm. in college, and that is Williams and Flanagan. Yep. Do not double team with those defenders. On those sides when they're there. Yeah. The guys you need to double team from are Wendell Green and Katie Johnson, both guards shooting under 30% from the three-point line. Come up with a game plan to be able to take the guards like Antonio Reeves, Adu Thero, Kaysen Wallace. Let them trap down on that big guy in moments and cause him issues. If he throws it back out to the non-shooter, leave him open. Mm -hmm. Let him shoot it. If they go on to make three or four of them, okay, change the game plan. But going in, that has to be your game plan. You cannot allow broom to get going down low because it's only going to build the confidence for that team and then once he gets going down there it's going to start to open up a lot of part of parts of their game so i'm looking at how we choose to defend him the way in which we defend him and how hard we make life for him because i think he is kind of that motor Outside of the guard play, he is that motor that is going to keep them going down low on both ends of the court. So how we defend him is going to be a big point in this game to me. And then, Sam, there's one other area I'm looking at in this game, and it's something that I've been talking about now for a couple weeks. We have to defend without fouling. Mm -hmm. Sam, we continue to foul teams too much. We do. 
too much, Sam. And you look at the numbers with this Auburn Tigers team. They are a team that is elite at getting to the free throw line. They don't necessarily shoot free throws at the highest percentage, but it's still over 70%. So they're still sitting there in, in a nice place where with the volume of free throws that they do get, they're able to make enough of them in the game. So we have to continue to foul or to guard without fouling. If we start getting them into the bonus early in the first half, early in the second half, that's the sort of thing that really propels a team who's on the road and looking for an upset. You can't allow that to happen. The, the, the three-point shot and free throws are the biggest recipes for a team to pull an upset because one, the three-point shot, well, obviously the three is worth more than two, and then free throws, the team is scoring while the clock is stopped. Right. Those are the two things you cannot allow to happen. If they start hitting the three, you adjust, but mm-hmm. you've got to know your scouting report and then the defending without fouling, Sam. We cannot allow this team to go to the line, to gain confidence, and then to start to attack us and attack guys who are in foul trouble on our team where we have to start backing off, things of that nature. So defending without fouling and then defending their big man, Joni Broom, are the two things outside of the defense and rebounding that I'm really looking at in this game. I mean, when you start to break this thing down, Sam, let's let's be completely honest. If you don't allow the Auburn Tigers to get second-chance points in this game, there is no way in hell that this team can score enough points to beat you. It's oh, just yeah. not possible. They do not have the offensive firepower to beat us. But they have some of the pieces that if playing all well together and doing the things that they can do can create that recipe for an upset. So if we're able to do those things, I think there's just absolutely no way the Auburn Tigers can possibly score enough points to beat us. I mean, we, we talked about it a little bit ago, but their five starters, Sam, are making up the majority of their points, right? Mm-hmm. Yet they still play a large portion of their minutes given to the bench. So we need to stop those first five guys. Do not allow multiple guys to get going. Sure, will one guy get going? Yes. Will, will maybe a second guy get going? We saw it in the Florida game, right? Mm-hmm. With, I mean, their Reeves, not our Reeves, but they had one who yeah, was Kugel. playing pretty well, and Kugel. So you had two guys there who are going for 15 plus 20 points, but it, but at the end of the day, it wasn't enough from the contributing pieces outside of those two guys. Yeah. When you look at this Auburn team, there's no doubt. Wendell Green, Joni Broom. Outside of those two guys, Sam, it's it's kind of a hodgepodge of role players and guys who, you know, a few of them are sitting there around 10 points per game, but mostly everyone's around five or less points per game. So you can live with one or two guys going off and playing well. You cannot live with three, yeah, four, yeah. five of them all playing well at the same time. So I think we're going to have totally to pick agree. and choose our battles in this game. But if you can hunker down on those two guys in green and broom with one guard and one forward yep. and start to slow that aspect of the game down, you should put yourself in a position to force Auburn 
to have to make a lot of tough shots to win this basketball game. Well, yeah, you're you're forcing their team and their role players to step up because I'm super glad you brought up Broom because he's a guy for this Auburn Tigers team. The last five games, A.J. has gone for nearly 20 points in all of those affairs. His only slip was against the number one team in the nation in Alabama. But, A.J., I mean, we're looking at 18, 20, 20, and 19 points in those four or five games. And, and his ability to impact the game defensively is much to the it's reason why this team averages over five blocks a game. I mean, A.J. alone, he had six blocks in their most recent game against Ole Miss. And, and you mentioned it. It's worth note. Oscar Sheboy has struggled against size and length this season and last year. But, look, we're not saying he's incapable of going off against bigger opponents. He showed at times against Castleton and other of, uh, events that he can still – see success but that matchup especially offensively is critical AJ so we 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 need to build off of what we've done successfully the last couple of games with Oscar Chibwe continue to pull him away from the basket because when you got a big man and broom down low that's blocking six shots I mean AJ you got to pull him out you have to you got to pull him out of that paint you got to create opportunity for our other guys to get down low I mean we've been doing some really unique things Katie Johnson is a very physical guard but I'm going to take that matchup with Kaysen Wallace or Chris Livingston any day, AJ. Find ways to continue to free those guys up in the post. Get them to be able to catch the ball in those unique scenarios where, look, I'm taking that matchup all day long without help, obviously, from Broom being down low. But I'm really glad you brought up that matchup because that is going to be a very intriguing one. Oscar Sheway is coming off of one of the most efficient nights I've ever seen him play, AJ. We talked about the startling stat there, but can he replicate it against a bigger opponent? I mean, let's not let's not lie, AJ. I mean, there was some size that he had to go up against despite Castleton being out, but can he replicate it again? Because I do think that's going to be a critical piece for the Kentucky Wildcats' success. Yeah, absolutely, Sam. And, um, you know, we've, we, we've kind of gotten to that point, Sam. I mean, y- we look at this, there's only three games left in the SEC regular season, and then all of these teams will meet up for one last tournament, the SEC tournament, before some of them go off to the NCAA tournament and some of them go home to sit on their couch like the rest of us. But... <laughs> He's kind of talked about it already today and throughout the course of the season, Sam, but with only three games left in the season, mm-hmm. Kentucky has kind of found themselves in this in this place where maybe could be anywhere from a six seed to a 10-11 seed, right? right? And, you know, a couple of weeks ago we had zero quad one wins. Now we got five. And so you're starting to see this momentum building for the Kentucky Wildcats. And like I said earlier, they have been a dangerous team every single time they get into the NCAA tournament. They got a realistic shot at getting to a Final Four. And so, Sam, I know we wanted to kind of talk about, you know, the outlook for the rest of the season and everything that's going on. I mean, we're home versus Auburn. Right. We're home versus Vanderbilt and we're on the road at Arkansas to finish out the regular season. As of now, we are alone in the third spot of the SEC standing. So looking like 
get the unless double buy. we completely implode, we're going to find ourselves in a favorable position in the SEC tournament. I mean, how important are these next three games to the Kentucky Wildcats in, in the positioning of their seeding in the NCAA tournament, the SEC tournament? Kind of what's your outlook on the on these next couple of weeks, Sam? I mean, yeah. is this a must three must-win games? Can we slip up? What's going on here? I mean, give us just a little bit of context on on what's going on here in the latter stages of the Kentucky season. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's to a point, AJ, we've been talking about it for a few weeks now, but just because of our recent success and our ability to now find ourselves comfortably in the field of 64 for the NCAA tournament. 68. Yeah, sorry. 68 with the play four. Right. But with that being said, we don't have much room for error still. The the sliding scale in college basketball, AJ, is larger than I've ever seen. I I mean, truly. Think of how quickly we went from the outside looking in to comfortably in the tournament, AJ. These next three games are critical. We've got... A borderline quad one, but it's now quad two opportunity in playing host to Auburn. You've got another quad two opportunity against Vandy at home, AJ. And then you're going to most likely have a quad one opportunity in Arkansas on the road. All three of those games are massive, AJ. I mean, right now we sit alone in that three seed with a double bye for the SEC tournament. You don't take care of business down the stretch. We could easily fall outside the top four, AJ. It's that close. Margins are razor thin, especially when you brought up. Currently, we could play ourselves into maybe, I'll put the ceiling probably at that six seed in the NCAA tournament. Dude, I'll put our ceiling or our, our floor down to like a 12 seed. <laughs> And I mean that because I mean you, yeah we could fall to the, that first four in yeah at some point if we lose three in a row you lose you lose a couple in a row you go into the SEC tournament you got no rhythm I'm just saying AJ it, it's it's not set in stone yet we have to keep taking care of business got five quad one victories more than I thought we'd actually obtain two weeks ago AJ <laughs> let's be honest I mean it, it's it's fascinating to see how quickly things can change this year within the landscape of college basketball. There's there's really only a few teams that might be considered heavy favorites coming into March. And I wouldn't even put all my, my money on any one given team at this point, AJ. And I'm being truthful. With the Kentucky Wildcats' current resume, every game is so critical because we've got blemishes. We've got bad losses to South Carolina and to Georgia. We've got games that we, we really wish we could take back in a Michigan State loss or grab one more quality win in some of those non-conference opponents because they're going to look at it, and it's all about how they evaluate within your conference, AJ. I made the argument that we could easily be the second-best conference in college basketball. That argument might not be won by the selection committee. So you have to continue to take care of business and make sure that your resume is everything that you want it to be from here on out. Sure, to answer your latter of the question, we probably have created enough opportunity within our resume as is to maybe slip up. I'm not saying that because I want to say, hey guys, if we lose, we're fine. I w- I'm saying that because, look, they've worked hard. 
I think they've gotten to a position where, yeah, if you lose one of these games, you're probably still going to be okay. But I will absolutely tell you that loss will move us a seed or two contingent on which one it is. I mean, a home loss to a team trending in the wrong direction might be much worse than going on the road and losing to Arkansas at the end of the year. Yeah, I I mean, I think the only realistic game that you have, not even an excuse, but the only loss you can get away with is at Arkansas. I totally agree. You cannot lose either of these home games against Auburn or Vanderbilt. No, no, and I, I totally agree. And when I talk about Kentucky playing themselves into a six seed, that also is accounting for success that we might see in the SEC tournament, AJ. That is not just accounting for us winning the next three games. We've got to also take that momentum into the SEC tournament, especially given this fact that, as it stands, we'll have a double bye. Look, the Kentucky Wildcats have really turned the season around. They found a new identity and they are fighting to keep that identity down the stretch. It's going to be critical that it obviously starts on Saturday against Auburn, but teams are going to know what you are trying to inflict on them, AJ, from here on out. Because we know if you try to get away from it, we're probably not going to find success. So they're going to throw everything at you to knock you off your game. Yep. And... Realistically, unless you're super confident, AJ, with playing a number one seed that second weekend in March, let's keep winning and let's work ourselves out of that predicament because that's where we are right now. If the tournament started tomorrow, AJ, most likely the Kentucky Wildcats would be an eight or nine seed. That means you're playing most likely the number one overall team that second weekend if, obviously – we make it out of the first weekend. Yep. I'm not going to say it's given after yeah. last year. Yeah. But we got to continue to work ourselves out of that predicament. I'm not saying that we can't beat any team in the country because what I have found is Kentucky can beat anyone in the country. The unfortunate predicament is we can lose to anyone in the country, AJ. So keep fighting like hell and be the team that you've come to be. And I'm pretty confident that we do have – a higher ceiling than maybe what we were expecting a week or two ago. Yeah, I mean, I think the only thing that can happen by you winning these games down the stretch is to give yourself a more favorable positioning within the NCAA tournament to not make it so tough on yourself by the way you played throughout the year. I mean, we have a chance to really kind of turn that tide and get us a little bit of a better positioning going down the stretch. And Sam... The last thing I wanted to say before we wrap it up for tonight is, listen, when we lost to the Kansas Jayhawks, I came right on this podcast and I said, listen, we got 10 games left. You got to go on a six-game win streak. You have to be able to prove that you can win six in a row, right? We still have that opportunity. Well, we still have that opportunity, Sam, because despite the fact that after we lost to Kansas, we won two in a row, and in my mind and maybe other people's minds say, hey, mate, this may Maybe the this start. is the stretch. Well, no, we lose two in a row after that <laughs> to Arkansas and Georgia. But here we are, Sam. Three wins in a row. You have two straight home games. You take care of business and hold serve at home. Well, guess what? You're traveling on the road to Arkansas. We just saw Nick Smith Jr. put up over 20 points last night. He is definitely He's on back. his way back. 
that is a team who dominated us in the second half of, of, of our game a couple weeks ago. And so you could potentially be walking into your final game of the regular season with a chance to grab that sixth victory on the road at Bud Walton Arena against a very physical and tough Arkansas Razorbacks team. I mean, if that stretch right there doesn't give you an inclination of what the tournament could be like, then you don't belong. But I think the Kentucky Wildcats are proving why they belong. Wins at Mississippi State, home versus Tennessee, at Florida, potentially a win versus Auburn, Vanderbilt, and potentially Arkansas. That is a solid six-game stretch that you could take into the tournament regardless of what happens in the SEC tournament. So is it the end of the world if they don't get this six-game win streak? No. But it's something I've been wanting to see all season, and I think this is the opportunity for the Kentucky Wildcats to do that. And that's my point. You prove to yourself it's not even about anybody else. It's to yourself. That we can do this. We can do this. You know what I mean? So that's kind of where I wanted to leave it. I mean, thank God we are now in the position of talking about where our seating might be instead of how the hell do we find our way into the tournament. (laughs) So like you said, Sam, I don't think there is, you know, a more profound statement than the one you just made a couple of minutes ago. What a difference a few weeks can make in college basketball and to quote one of my favorite personalities in all of college basketball, the great John Rothstein, it's not anarchy. It's just college basketball. <laughs> Appreciate your time tonight, Sam, just to fill everybody in. Sam is actually in Detroit right now on business, so we are recording this podcast for the first time since the inaugural episode of the All Out Kentucky podcast together in the same room, not over video call. And so we've had a lot of fun breaking this all down, bringing all this content to you guys. Looking forward to the big matchup with the Auburn Tigers this weekend, Sam. Before we get out of here, just to mention, you guys can all go check us out. All Out Kentucky podcast. Dot com. You can go on Twitter and follow us there at AO Kentucky Pod. You can follow me and Sam as well for all sorts of fun nuggets on the Kentucky Wildcats and funny tweets, or at least I like to think they're funny. <laughs> Who knows if they're actually funny? But anyway, Sam, again, thank you for your time tonight. Thank you for everybody listening and go cats. See y'all. There's only one thing left to say. Oh, C-A-T-S, cats, cats, cats.